no chance. You know what it is, episode 37 of the No Chance Podcast, the most distinguished podcast in the Western Hemisphere, the modern day NPR, your new and improved 60 minutes of all things culture and fashion. We are the original streetwear historians and your hosts of today's show. My name's Ryan. My name's Nate. And that shit was tight. You see how I said that so effortlessly? Yeah, he... Li- <laughs> Are you recording right? Are we recording? I'm recording right, right now. Oh, yeah, I he told was, you uh, it was a one take, one take wonder. Yeah, I want to make sure he was literally saying out. before we started recording that he had some new shit for the intro. I just want, and, and I was watching. I was, uh, do you know who Walter Cronkite is? Yeah, of course. Like old ass reporter, right? Yeah. I don't know. I was just like going really deep into like YouTube videos, and I stumbled upon like just an old news report, and he did this like crazy speech, and I was like, you know what? I want to do something like that. I want to, I want to flex a little bit. Who's on the, the other really well known dude? Um, is he like uh is he current or older? No, he's like older. Matt Lau. Oh no, uh, <laughs> definitely not Matt Lau. Is it Larry King? No, not Larry King. You said old, so I thought yeah. old, old. Anyways, anyways, but yeah. Welcome to saying. episode thirty-seven of the No Chance Podcast. Uh, what's new, man? Like, what's Feels happening? Like we haven't years? recorded in a while. It's, Feels like it's, we've been it's gone. a week, but it's all right. Like, we tend to catch up every what's today Tuesday. For the listeners, it's Friday. But yeah. Uh, yeah, we get all our shit done on a Tuesday. We enjoy the rest of our lives the rest of the week. Um, I wouldn't say enjoy, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rough times for a lot of us going on right now. Uh, let's get into it. First topic of the day, San Francisco. What's up, SF, Bay Area? Lucky fucking San Francisco. Um, if you don't already know, Supreme potentially, I'm going to put air quotes around that, potentially is coming to San Francisco. Yeah. No chance for Domus effect. Once again, I feel like we called that in an earlier episode. We were talking about in episode eight the potential of Supreme becoming a billion dollar company and what that means in the long run. Yeah. Of course, obviously, that means sort of like a global expansion. Expansion for sure. Thank God San Francisco is the next and one. I think we were talking about like what cities we thought. I was, yeah. We were, were we saying like Chicago mm-hmm. and. Yeah, and here, I guess. So there's a couple of, uh, of key points we're going to cover, um, sort of what this means in the grand scheme of things in regards to the brand, um, what does that mean for the city, and the pros and cons in regards to, uh, I don't know, like brand image, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, so supposedly it's going to be featured in downtown San Francisco. Um, kind of a weird area for them to choose, in my opinion, yeah. um, on Market Street. Market Street is sort of the heart of downtown San Francisco. It's kind of like the main street. For instance, yeah. I'm trying to think of a comparison on like another city. You've been to New York multiple yeah, times. Yeah, like it's like a Madison Avenue. There you go. Will. Yeah. Um, it's like the main, one of the main streets in San Francisco. You have all the glamorous stores, the high fashion stores. You have the Saks Fifth Avenue, the Barneys, the... Acne Studios, every sort of flagship store that is sort of big revolves on or around Market Street. Um, it's sort of the the divider between financial district, where you have all the the booming tech companies, as well as the Tenderloin, which is our version of Skid Row. Yeah, <laughs> I don't rough, know exactly. Times in the uh, I don't exactly know where it 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 is on the map of Market Street. I don't know the number or anything. I didn't look it up, but. 
it will be here. I don't know when they're estimating around either. I think they they were trying to like push for like fall or spring summer of next year. Like fall winter like of fall winter of nineteen. No, like fall winter of this year. So this upcoming year. This in like six months. So basically, year. how we found out about this was well, I saw it through Instagram. Um, it was a invitation or letter to. It's almost like a what would you call it? Um, a meeting. I don't know. A meeting yeah, of the minds. Um, basically talking town about hall meeting. There you go. Will, basically yeah. talking about the potential of what this could mean. Uh, floor floor plans, blueprints, all that shit. Yeah. Um, from there, I'm not sure how they like deliberate on. Okay, like we approve or like somebody like they just have a bunch of gavels and they're all like, yeah, yeah, let's let's do it, let's do it. Yeah. I'm sure just everybody's like 50 so, people all gavels, yeah, <laughs> and they're all wearing fucking box logos. Yeah. Like imagine that, <laughs> like box a, logo, like judge a, a jury yeah. of of people wearing Supreme. But yeah. um, <laughs> what does this mean for San Francisco? Let's start with that. Hey, hold on, my sake, Marco, can you uh, keep it down, please? We're trying to record. Thank you. Hey. Um, awesome. <laughs> Anyways, what does that um, mean for the city of San Francisco? Well, first of all, it, I mean, probably just, not much what, <laughs> to the well, to the general like the general city of San Francisco. Nobody just like cares both too much about streetwear it. heads and non-streetwear tech heads alike. startupy people. Um, homeless it doesn't really mean much to be honest. Like, yeah, yeah, it's gonna obviously have some effect on the neighborhood that it's in. Yeah, but I think more so, it's just gonna. It's just going to be a haven for everybody who fucks with Supreme. I think like, it's going to cause a, a, a bit of a bit of trouble in, in regards to like lines. It's going to be ridiculously hectic around yeah. that area, wherever it is. Oh yeah, for sure. We're, we're very used to seeing lines um, with traditional Supreme lines sort of go around the blocks. They can loop for hours, whatever. Um, bringing that into Market Street, which is already a fucking crowded area. Yeah. San Francisco is very congested already, yeah. so to have that in the heart of San Francisco is probably going to cause issues in that department. Yeah. People in San Francisco line up for like the stupidest shit. Like, yeah. um, <laughs> they line up for like $20 ramen. Yeah. Or like something <laughs> dumb very, like that. But okay, to, to your point, it's a very, we obviously, we obviously have a very high level of income within this area. Yeah, for sure. It costs like five six grand to rent you know like a one two bedroom apartment just in the the heart of san francisco yeah so you know people have money down here yeah for sure um in regards to the the position of where it's at where do you see people sort of what sort of influence do you see that bringing to this store what do you mean what crowd of what 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 crowd of people do you think are going to come out i think we're still going to get like the usual people who are interested in like supreme hype shit sneakers whatever you'll always have that crowd of course yeah um i don't know for me like i've noticed a lot more people whether they're in like tech or whether they just have a larger like disposable income like mm -hmm. they're flocking more and more towards like just streetwear because it is like a hot ticket item right now of course um so maybe we'll see more of like an influx in that but i mean for the most part i think it's still gonna be like the usual suspects like yeah, beasts, whatever, and that's gonna that's great because we've been talking about it literally every episode from day one is that we want to see that community of people out there, right? Yeah, we don't we rarely if ever see people lining up for products. I'd say the only place that does actual lineups where the community is kind of tight would be like undefeated, undefeated for sure. They do yeah. lines. I would say like once a week, if if anything, for for products that they drop, they usually are the premier shopping destinations for for new releases so we always see lines there 
I think that's going to make it make Supreme like the headquarters of all that shit. You know, everyone's going to want to go there. Everyone's going to want to hang out near there. They know the sort of um, image that comes with it, right? They want to be best friends with the employees and the the managers, et cetera. Yeah. Because they know like following the years of, you know, Odd Future and Supreme on Fairfax and Supreme in New York, there's a certain coolness that derives from hanging out around that store. So yeah, that's going to cause issues as well. Yeah. So why do you think they chose to open up here in San Francisco? Like why is San Francisco significant as like a destination to open up a store? I think there's a potential for San Francisco. Not only is it the like leading tech capital of the country at the moment, yeah, but it's also expanding in other areas as well. So they're the first to do like different types of retail destinations. They're big on uh, sort of user experience stores. That's yeah, we're one of the cities that is commonly known to test that type of shit. Um, yeah. I could totally see Supreme doing something different, not necessarily having the traditional bowl with normal shit. I feel like it's their chance to utilize whatever money they got from the funding of becoming a billion dollar company and doing something completely different, you know? Yeah. Or potentially doing the same shit all over again with boring ass racks. And hold on, let me, let's go to this one story. Last time we were in Supreme, I have a fucking chip on my shoulder from this. Last time we were in, he'll never, he'll never let this go. He literally, I've always, I've always hated shopping at Supreme for one, for, for two reasons. One, they never have the shit that I'm looking for. And two, every time I go in there, they're assholes. The, the, the one time we went in there last time we went to Los Angeles. No, it was the one in Brooklyn. Remember? Okay. Well, when, there's okay. Two stories then. Oh shit! You have another I have two story. Bad, oh, bad stories. Oh, that story. You can tell that story. Okay. Yeah. So the last time we, it was my first time in the Brooklyn store. Obviously, yeah, fuck you, Marco. Obviously, I know going into the store, there's certain rules and regulations. They announce it before you walk in the store. One, don't ever go into a streetwear store or boutique and take pictures. For some reason, they hate that shit. I don't know why, but that's one of the rules. Two, which I didn't know, is don't touch anything. I go in there. I'm looking at the stuff. I want to try. I potentially want to try something on in the back of my head. I know I'm not going to buy shit, but going in there, I want to see, you know, the material, whatever. I'm at the pants section looking at the pants, right? It's like a fucking museum. I go in there. I try to flip to see the sizes. The lady comes up to me and says, you know, if you want to see the pants, just ask me and I can bring them out. Okay. Like, uh, she didn't say it that nicely. I don't think was you it, got it, him that. She was like. I give her some credit there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You give her like. You're being too nice to that. Well, she was a dick about it. She was like, yo, yo, like yelling at me yeah, like I was across like, the store yeah. or something. But I mean, it all came down to, I want to look at the pants. I want to try on the pants. The pants are there. Why can't I touch them? Are you over it after that? We just left after that because we were hot. They still have my loyalty <laughs> though as a brand. <laughs> yeah. But t- okay, real quick before we get back to this, tell them the other a badass story that we had last time we went to uh to supreme the last time in los the, angeles oh when uh we went with marco and yeah marco. The security line or whatever okay so we were in line right um so we were waiting in line for maybe half an hour as per usual when you go to supreme long. yeah in fucking 90 degree weather <laughs> yeah. but um you know our friends marco and other marco we have we are friends with two marcos weird yeah I know, but they've been on the, the pod yeah um but anyways, we get to the front of the line. Marco and Marco are standing at front in the front, and the guy at the head of the line, the security guard's like, "How many people are you with?" And Marco's like, two. Tell him which Marco, because it wasn't me. Okay, obviously was, not the Marco that's not on this on the podcast. Yeah, from time to time. 
But uh, anyways, he says two, knowing damn well there's four of us. We came as a group. We came as a group. We drove down to LA as a group. Yeah. We, we slept as a group, not I, together I, whoa, whoa, in separate whoa. sleeping quarters, yeah. but we came down as a group. We were doing this as a group. Yeah. So he lets the he lets Marco and Marco in, and I try to walk in because I didn't hear Marco say two. No. This dude, like, damn near clotheslines me Stabbed in you front in the of everybody. And he's like, whoa, where are you going there, buddy? And I was like, oh, yo, I'm with them. He's like, no, you're not. Damn. <laughs> Okay, it'd be, it'd be a homie sometimes, yeah, be you know? homies sometimes, you know? homies. Be own. Uh, but it's okay. We're, we're still going to shop there from time to time. Yeah. Um, okay, let's get into, let's get back to uh, the Supreme topic. Um, we talked about sort of what this meant for the community of streetwear. Obviously, it's going to be huge. We're going to have a lot of people hanging out. It's It'll bring that spark back to San Francisco because it's not just any fucking store. Yeah. You know, Supreme only lived in, in New York domestically for like the first... 10, 10 years, years that it was open, yeah. right? And only one even store. longer than that, tw- like almost, yeah, yeah, 12 years. I think. That's, Wait. Hu- that, that's huge. Yeah. E- either yeah. way, like that's a, a a lot of time for, for a store to just be particularly in a city and, and rather than anywhere else in the country. Um, so the demand is there, obviously, for San Francisco. Yeah. It's also very good for people that live in um, in uh, Daly City, the city that resides true. right next to San Francisco. It's very true. Where we get a lot of people who are very much into streetwear. Or say um, they are. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I Just saw kidding. I saw a lot of memes for about people in Daly City, how, you know, how happy they were going to be when Supreme comes to town. I live in Pacifica, so technically I'm not part of that demographic. You're right, technically. Off, that, you're right off that exit, kind technically. of. Um, but I think that's great. Um, let's talk about the just what that means in regards to the, the grand scheme of things, right? What yes. does that mean for the brand? Um, I mean, it means that they get to make more money off of us. Yeah, I mean, um, that's good. They're, they're obviously going to make more money. Money doesn't seem to be an issue for them. Yeah, but I mean, like, I think going back to the question I asked you earlier, I think they chose to open up here. Or this is just my take on yeah, it. Go. San Francisco is like a very big like skating city. Like San Francisco has yeah. been very big in skating. Like yeah. some of the biggest names in skateboarding come out of the Bay Area. True. Um, so I think that's one another one of the reasons why they chose to open up out here. Also, it's like it's a really it's like one of the major metropolitan cities in the united states aside from like la New one York, of the like Chicago. big remaining ones that they haven't sort of looked Expanded. into yeah, yeah exactly exactly so that's another reason why um but i think it's really cool it kind of brings back sort of that streetwear vibe that san francisco had in like the early mid 2000s yeah um that we don't really see anymore like huff's not here anymore yeah. or there's no Stussy. There's no fucking what else? Hundreds. Mm-hmm. Nothing like that. Like I don't know. It's just San Francisco seems like it's been very lacking and stuff like that. So, uh, stores like that are very few and far between these days, at least here in the Bay Area. Yeah. So do so. you think that because well, obviously because Supreme is Supreme, they they have the ability to really plant themselves anywhere and their shit's gonna sell out. I right? don't think anywhere. I think. Where, it, where it's sensible to... Yeah, exactly. I mean, it only it makes sense for San Francisco. It would make sense for, like, Chicago. It would make sense for, you know, maybe a handful of other cities. But if they did it in, like, Iowa, mm, yeah. you know... Uh, like, yeah, makes sense. They, so why do you see, like, a store... So you see, like, we, we talked in, you know, numerous episodes about the idea of a flagship, right? Yeah. Having a brick and mortar is kind of risky nowadays. You see the hundreds close in San Francisco. Stussy Huff, they both close in San Francisco. Do you think 
that with Supreme opening Bobby Hundreds is like, why the hell are you doing that? Or is it just like because of who they are, it makes sense? I think it's because, and they're like a special case. I think it's more because of who they are, and I think they're more of a special case because they've kind of the timing for that brand is a little bit different than let's say like the hundreds or like a huff, you yeah. know, like those were kind of at their strongest, you know, like I was saying, like mid to like late 2000s, mm-hmm. like up until like 2008, 2010, where Supreme has been kind of on this upward trajectory. Yeah. Um, and it's now just kind of reaching its peak. I mean, it has been for like the past few years, but the, what's happening to them right now happened to these other brands, maybe like 10 years ago, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So I think now is like the perfect time to capitalize on it because they have so much momentum going for them. If that makes Why sense. Why do you think it is that people gravitate towards Supreme and not a brand like the Hundreds? Brands aside, right? Yeah. Say you take brands completely off of each individual item, they're not very different. No, not at all. I mean, if you look at any other like streetwear brand, Stussy, for instance, like Stussy and Supreme come out with almost identical products, yeah. but one sells out and one doesn't. Yeah. And I just think that says a lot about the influence that Supreme has, whether it's because, I don't know. I, I just think that they're... Mm. So it brings up a topic of like brand attachment, right? Yeah, yeah. Why do we attach ourselves to specific brands for what reasons? Obviously for Supreme, like in, in for my case, Supreme has the image of almost being cool of being cool right yeah me wearing supreme makes me cool me wearing supreme makes me knowledgeable about this particular thing whatever that is you know yeah wearing other brands doesn't do anything for me so i don't choose to wear them you know what i mean like yeah what about you what do you think in in regards to that you know what i think it is i think it's that supreme is they've capitalized on this thing of being exclusive Mm -hmm. whereas like these other brands like the hundreds huff stussy like you can literally find those brands anywhere. You can find those in a PacSun, in Azumi's, you know, Urban Outfitters. Yeah. So that automatically kind of makes it less cool than, let's say, a Supreme, like, piece that you can only get either in L.A., New York, like, any other city that they're in or online. So I think that kind of that that kind of gives them more staying power in that the demand is almost always there because it's always so limited, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's more coveted because you know you can't get your hands on it and you know not that many other people are going to get their hands on it it's too. It's like the uh, the carrot dangling in front of you. Yeah, exactly. It's like it. I have it and you don't. So that's why like I fuck with it. You know what I'm saying? Damn. It's that sort of mentality. Yeah. So yeah. it's more of like when you're wearing it and you see other people wear it, it's more of like, a, like damn, they know something that I don't know. Or they have... A particular set of skills that I don't in that sense. <sighs> All right, Liam Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you kind of feel like that because you see somebody with an item that you wish you had or maybe you weren't fast enough when it came to the computer to get and you're just like, damn. Wait, 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 hold on. Does anybody even know like the name of Liam Neeson's character in fucking Taken? Like what was his real name? Dad? It was just Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that. I mean, I don't, I don't really know. Oh, um, Agent something? I don't know, dude. All right, you're just making shit up. <laughs> Somebody can correct us on that yeah. at some point. We'll look it up. But anyways, I think I, I think overall we can we both can agree that it's it's gonna be fucking tight. Yeah, and just or to, could, uh, yeah, for, I I think for the most part it'll be and cool. just to see like how it pans out in regards to first of all, I don't gotta go online anymore. That's I'm li- I literally work like two blocks away. Same. 
Thursday mornings, cool. Just show up late. It's all. Hey, good. I'm off on Thursdays too. Oh, that's Ooh, perfect. You're good. We can, you know, we can generate that, you know, that connection with whoever works there. Yeah. Next thing you know, the podcast is sponsored, and yeah. uh, the checks start to for flow. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> a box logo. You're gonna see us on a photo tee. Ooh. <laughs> Put that into existence. Yeah. Why don't you? Yeah. What do you think that first box logo is gonna look like? Oh yeah. Oh shit, that'd be sick. What are they gonna um, capitalize off of this city? To make it a San Francisco, like opening day box logo T-shirt. They do like a box logo, but then, like, one of the letters is like the shape of like the Trans America Pyramid. Whoa, that would be sick. Yeah, that would be sick. An idea that I thought it might be kind of outlandish, but I feel like it's it's up their alley. Would be like a like a rainbow flag. Are you rocking that? I would. I'm, I would I'm not saying it. there's anything wrong with it. I would rock it. Yeah, rocking. yeah. Right, the idea sure. sounds dope. All the letters would be Ooh, rainbow like different color. colors. Different colors or or a whole Ooh, rainbow like gradient. Like gradient. Oh, that sounds kind of sick. Actually. Yeah, that, I feel I'd like that'd be tight. That. They they're figuring out a way to capital not capitalize but <laughs> um, work off of what the city is about, and I think that'd be dope. Next, what? Nothing, dude. All right, what cool. Is, yeah, looking at me like that. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna be in line. If you ever come to San Francisco, find me every Thursday morning, 8 a.m. in the Supreme Line. I'll be there. Are you gonna be there with me or what? Sure. All right, cool. Let's do it then. All right, um, all right let's put a stamp on the Supreme the Supreme topic. I feel like we talk about that every way too episode. much, but it was just hard not to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, because like, it's coming here to San Francisco. So God we damn. To fucking talk I love about it. I love calling shit out like early, early on, and it actually coming to fruition it's a good ass feeling Don't yeah you think? sure man i think I you're th- giving yourself a little too much credit but okay i'm giving us credit you can all take right, the man. credit too okay all right in that case uh, yeah never mind. no pass it back <laughs> pass the credit back i'll take it all um yeah. let's get into the next topic um so recent article came out in regards to nike obviously nike's all I mean, always always in the news, in the news. when yep. it comes to what they're doing technological innovators all that shit um but one thing that they don't seem to be very innovative in is within the world of hiring and executives. Uh, very male-dominated recent article sort of explains how there's a need for a more female-dominant work or female-driven female-driven workplace. Whether that's higher-level executive VPs, uh, etc., don't really know the chain of command, but I you can assume um, what I'm talking about. Um, how do you feel about that? Obviously, with the time that we're in now, there's a lot of turmoil in regards to what's going on in the news. I, I'm not going to cover everything. There's so much going on that it's hard to like in the news pinpoint. in general or in the news, news in general, in, in the news in general, you know, with yeah, with social media, with, you know, accusations, you know, you have the Me Too movie, you have all this stuff going on. That it's very relatable to why this article would come out now, right? Yeah. So how do you how do you feel in regards to this push towards towards um, like a more female driven Nike? I mean, I'm for it. I'm all for it. Like equality, right? Well, yeah. Nike, well, we're yeah. we're definitely all for it. Yeah. Of course. But, but like, it, what do you mean? I mean, it's 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 hard. Like, I'm trying to be politically correct here. I'm trying to figure out the correct way to, to phrase this. this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. For sure. Um. Let me see. Fuck. Go this for is, it, man. This is hard. Go for it, man. All right. <laughs> Just know that there's a... Okay, so we we already see that um, that women are the target 
sort of market in regards to what Nike puts out, right? Their collections are sort of female focused nowadays. Yeah, especially here in San Francisco. Like, um, yeah, yeah, but I've, what are, yeah, they, for sure. they have a lot of collections. The um, what are some of the collections that they've been doing for women recently? It's like a tagline that they've been using a lot lately. Come on, man. You're the Damn. one. Dude, you're All the right, one Marco. who works God. there. Whatever. But as you can see, a lot of the shoes and a lot of the campaigns are targeted towards towards women. They had a women's half marathon for within within San Francisco. A lot yeah. of the, I'd say, marketing initiatives and a lot of the, the events they hold are sort of like female driven. Yeah. Wouldn't you think that, I mean, it, it only makes sense to have female executives within, you know, their offices right it only makes sense yeah i think that makes perfect sense um i mean not only because they're female driven but just because you know everyone brings a different perspective to the table yeah whether you know whether it's an initiative specifically for women or even if it's like a win or an initiative specifically for men like i think it's always good to have uh different perspectives on it you know i mean we see this within the street world in general there's always whenever you go into a store there's only like there's only ever one girl that works there. That's true. That's very true. And I think just in regards to... Well, okay, okay, I got it now. So in regards to high fashion, right, it's very female-driven, right? Couture, yeah. all that. Yeah. Um, more often than not, they lead those companies or are in major positions of those companies. Yeah. So why is it that we see something like, like streetwear or, you know, even like footwear apparel companies as not being female driven when this high fashion realm is i think it just has to do with like the association of like these gender roles that have been in place since yeah. forever you know but high like, fashion's been around for a long ass time yeah i mean high fashion has always been very female driven like you said like it catered more so towards towards women during that era um during like the 1900s yeah. up until like fairly recently i would say um, and the same thing goes for streetwear, like streetwear, like we talked about in several episodes has always been driven by men, whether that's, whether you think that's good or bad. Um, you know, it's always not, I don't know. It's just always been centered around men as well as like athletics. Yeah. And I like, obviously that that's not always fair, but that's how it's been for the past and women are like they're, they're yeah. trying right yeah. like the very beginning of when streetwear started i'd say as it started to become a thing maybe around you know mid 2000s or whatever you had brands like married to the mob you yeah. had um fuck what was that other one uh hell's bells hell's bells yeah. you had uh, a couple other ones you had leading women sort of sort of put their foot into the industry right yeah and they're still very successful brands to this day. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that it just, like we keep talking about, it opens doors up for everybody um, as far as like, you know, just inclusion yeah. um, for both men and women. So I think these days, like men are more included in this realm of like high fashion. Like it's, it's okay for men to like care about, you know, like how they dress, how they look, whatever, you know, as opposed to maybe like, 10 15 years ago yeah. where it wasn't very like masculine if you were doing that yeah and i'm a um, firm believer that if you're trying to sell something to a particular audience i think that the audience should be the one or people of that audience should be the ones that are in those positions right yeah so if you're going to be selling to women 
why isn't there a women executive sort of leading the charge? Yeah, you know it just I mean? yeah, it has a lot to do with like authenticity and just transparency, you know. I think um like I like people naturally want someone that they can relate to if they're going to be spending if they're going to be buying like hundreds if not like thousands of dollars of stuff from this person, mm-hmm. you know. You want something somebody that you can relate to whether it's someone that's the same gender as you, someone who I don't know. I don't know, just whatever. You want somebody who you feel that you can almost trust, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I heard in recent articles about like executives in Nike participating in like shady shit. Oh, yeah, for sure. I feel like that's any company. you know. But I mean, like not in this terms of shady shit in regards to like money that what we're used to seeing with these yeah. like higher companies. But I mean, in regards to like shady shit in regards to like how they like workplace workplace like, stuff allegations you know yeah. the, the the stuff that's sort of like um flying in the air nowadays yeah. in regards to yeah. you know cosby but in regards to that right yeah. we see a lot of that happening everybody's starting to be exposed within that realm of people right executives nike's about to catch a case yeah, I mean, <laughs> they had like how many people resign already like four or five like yeah. it's getting up there they're definitely, I mean, okay, there's this one thing that um, in the most recent Kanye interview, it came out today, by the way, today's Tuesday. If you haven't seen it already, and it's Friday, then I don't know what you're doing. It's about two hours long, but he sort of goes over the whole sort of diatribe of literally everything that's go, that's been going on in his life, right? Yeah. He makes this point to say, and this is a good reference in regards to what we've been talking about with Virgil, right? Virgil is now whatever position at Louis Vuitton, whether or, whether or not he does an amazing job at that, we assume that he will. He is, he is the person that sparks the idea that you can be that, right? Yeah. So kids of his, um, from where he's from, kids of, of, of his same background, see him as like, damn, like a kid like me can make it to a, to a spot like that or yeah. to a position like that so it really is in sort of going back to nike it's something that no matter who becomes the executive whether it's a a female or male or whatever hopefully female in this case they are they become an inspiration to anybody that thinks that they can do something like that yeah and i mean i think we see like a lot of people already breaking those barriers like for instance um Who's that one engineer that worked for Nike? Tiff, Tiffany Beers. Like she was yeah. one of the head engineers at Nike. She did like crazy shit. She, she was responsible on, for like putting together the the first hyper adapt. Right? Yeah, the hyper adapt, the mags, all that. Like she like she did crazy stuff. Like she worked with Tinker Hatfield, mm-hmm. all this. Like she was a really important person. I don't think she she doesn't work at Nike, like Nike anymore. I think she works with Tesla now or something like that. Sounds like Anyways, a transition. Like something that. Sounds like a good transition. Yeah, but just like stuff like that is also really inspiring, not only for women, but just for everybody in general, you know? Like it's just it's it's good to see different people, people different from yourself in place in like high positions like that and also people that are the same too i think it goes both ways like both can be really inspiring so completely agree and if you see somebody that looks like you doing something that you want to do that means it's possible yeah exactly okay uh so let's get back into that kanye thing because you didn't see it right no i didn't see it i no so in the most recent kanye interview which is about two hours long i don't know why i watched the whole thing but it's yay i had to support him he's been going kind of crazy lately 
We yeah, both know that. Shits, yeah. Crazy. Like they just released this um, TMZ video where he's like going off about just, um, I don't even want to get into it. Um, but he describes the relationship he had with Nike and why he moved into Adidas, which is something that he never really discussed sort of candidly in regards to everything. Yeah. So he goes through um, this idea of royalties, right? So he was never given royalties for the Yeezy, hence why um, he ended up having to go to another company. You know, actually, the, the only other company he thought about besides Adidas was Puma, but I could not imagine him no. on Puma. The guy actually that was that he was talking to actually told him that he didn't want him on Puma. Can can you believe that? Jeez. <laughs> how would you say no to Kanye? Yeah. Like how would you say no to Kanye to, yeah, to, that guy to, to bring you in, sure. to bring you into your company? Like that makes no fucking sense. Um but he sort of talks about his experiences with Nike. Um I guess he's he used to like be in like good graces with Mark Parker and all that shit, right? But the way he talks about it is with Virgil and Don C now in Nike, right? He's very, very close friends. They all grew up together. Virgil is his creative director, sure. right? I think he said something about not calling Virgil his creative director or something like that. After, after he, this is like in a tweet or something that like was that. D- disrespect. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Virgil. Um, but yeah, he talks about how Virgil was basically his right-hand man in, in all of this. Yeah. Um, sort of creating his whole brand image, right? He describes him as the architect, of the group, both which literally, he is, which he is <laughs> literally right? and figuratively, he's responsible yeah. for taking the idea that Kanye has, whatever his crazy ass is thinking about, and creating a real thing, a, a manifestation of his actual idea, which has turned out to be really, really cool. Yeah. Um, but he talks about how Virgil and Don C are now with Nike, and imagine that, right? Imagine me and you. You have a deal with Nike, right? Yeah. You guys fall off for some sort of reason. And then... Why do I have to fall off? Okay, okay. We can switch it around. Fine. I have a deal with Nike. I fall off. You're my friend. Right after, you go with Nike. You get a deal. You you get royalties. You put out a collection. Your collection does amazing, potentially better than what my collection did. Would you have... Yeah, probably. Would I... (laughs) Damn. What... do you th- well I wouldn't speak for you wouldn't speak for me but I was thinking would Kanye in that sense would he hold some sort of grudge over that Did you see how Virgil's doing Virgil is transcending in the way that Kanye wishes wish he was transcending No I wouldn't be salty just because like a you're my friend like I'm all for it like thanks like you're getting you're you're getting money so you're yeah. paying for my shit so yeah. that's fine um but no, I mean, it is what it is. Like, as like a friend and as like a collaborator, collaborator on creative shit, you just have to respect that sometimes things work out for one person better than they might work out for you. Um, I don't know. I think it's always just important to respect that. At the end of the day, like especially when you're working with your friends that you've grown up with, like it's never about competing. It's always just about, you know. putting your best foot forward for yourself i feel like you know yeah it's not about saying like hey fuck you marco like damn i'm I'm eating eating off my collection like you flopped yeah even yeah i do say that a lot sorry marco but anyways (laughs) no i i agree i just think sort of the way he described it and sort of looking looking at it like we all understand that kanye is a very egotistical person right yeah he couldn't get to where he was without 
sort of believing in his own ideas more than anybody else does. Yeah, and I respect that too. Like at the end, at the end of the day, okay, here we go. Nice. Um, yeah, it's always important to believe in your ideas, whether you know whether you think you should be getting compensated for that, or you know whatever whatever it may be. You kind of have to stick up for yourself in that regard, even if that means like jumping ship and doing something completely different. I think that's scary though. It is. I, yeah, I think for in, sure. in the context of, of what Kanye did, right? As a kid, right, we look up to Nike as being the 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 greatest. The yeah. greatest brand. We're into the shoes, wear the clothing, whatever. Imagine getting a deal from them. Crazy. You create your own shoe. Yeah. Dream come true. One of the best shoes to ever come out. Yeah. Right? And then you have to leave them. Or you you want to you you choose to separate yourself from them? Yeah. How how like heartbreaking could that be? Oh, as a kid who looks up to that brand, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think for him, he's the type of person that I mean, clearly, like he doesn't care. Like he would rather he would sacrifice. I would I would dare to say like literally anything in order to keep like his idea alive and actually, you know create some sort of manifestation of that some of that same idea whether it's with nike whether it's with adidas under armor puma whatever you know what i'm saying like he That's just wants it to be his his yeah so exactly. let's talk about that concept in the grand scheme of things because uh, we can attach sort of how we do with the podcast in that sense right there's going to be a point where we come across people who or not not even people but entities that want to influence what we do for the sake of it being a certain way yeah um, and that's, that's, that's hard because when somebody's waving a check in your face saying, Hey, come over here, we'll give you this money, but, but you're going to have to do, do things this way. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about that? Because that's going to be a, that's going to be a thing. I'm calling it again. It's going to be a thing that no chance becomes a thing, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, for me, like, obviously that's, it's a really hard and really easy answer to that question. Um, I think for us, especially, we always talk about like authenticity and yeah. remaining like who we are just because that's what we like. If I was in a listener's shoes, I would appreciate like honesty and authenticity over anything else, like production value. I think, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, that's the type of shit that I gravitate towards. Um, just stuff that's like real because I can relate to it more than something that's, you know, like fucking fake and yeah you don't want to f- you don't want to listen to something that you feel like there's like a puppeteer in yeah the like like it's forced you know mm-hmm. like no one likes that so for me like i think that the paycheck at the end of the day doesn't really matter because that'll always come i think it's just more so i would rather remain like us it's like how we are right now yeah and know? there's there's definitely two sides of that coin which we're gonna get which, money either way exactly right but i mean it is something to think about in regards to there's the at one point we didn't have jobs that's very true we were yeah that was crazy i don't know how we did that we were both unemployed so imagine imagine us being in that position where it's like we don't have jobs this entity comes around and says hey we're willing to provide an income for you but you have to okay say one of the things that um, they said in one of the restrictions was you could only wear Skechers, oh, shit. but we will pay you for every episode that you do for however many however, uh, however many long that you do. Would you take that? No job. Hmm. I have to wear Skechers, but I'm getting paid to. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. 
Depends which ones, though. Oh my <laughs> god, you fucking sell out! Damn, you gotta <laughs> you gotta think twice about that. Uh, <laughs> no, I would too. They make some cool ones. I'm not gonna. <laughs> like if they're good enough for Ian Connor, they're good enough for me. Yeah, exactly. It's all about the aesthetic at yeah, the end of the day. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel it's funny how we're justifying why we would wear <laughs> Skechers in this case. Um, but I think it sort of goes to say, when it comes to your ideas and and it comes to sort of your first instinct in regards to what you want to do with them. Yeah. It's always important to to maintain the integrity of what those ideas are, yeah. you know? Yo, Skechers, if you listen to this, cut the check. Yeah, well, you cut it. Yeah, yeah I'm down with it. that. Yeah, I'll make some comfy-ass <laughs> shoes. You got Kim Kardashian as a sponsor. Who else they got? Kim Kardashian? Are you serious? Kim Kardashian is a, um, is a person that reps the sketch. <laughs> was, that, was that a bad one? <laughs> okay, first of all, don't ever. Okay, even if we aren't, even if we are sponsored by Skechers, do not say that. All right, love it. What if that becomes the tagline for our uh, our, for our campaign? Every every sign off <laughs> is like, "This is Ryan and Nate of the No Chance Podcast, repping the sketch." We'll catch you next week. Damn, I can't get <laughs> you know, that felt like a comedian just like getting Fucking crickets. Bombing, yeah. Fuck, man, that felt terrible. All right. Sorry, um, you got anything else for today? Oh, Ikea. Uh, did you see Virgil's yeah, let's, uh, collection? Let's talk about that briefly. He had a yeah. live stream recently. It happened, I want to say yesterday. yesterday? Yeah. Of his Ikea collection. Um, didn't think it was actually going to be a real thing after, uh, hearing about it like very, very early on. Yeah. Um, but seeing how they had a fucking live stream and a whole presentation, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Let's just say I need a new area rug for my room. So. Hey. And then he said he was going to make it... Uh, Ikea prices. Ikea prices. Whatever that means. I still think... I better be getting a price. rug for like sixty nine ninety nine. I don't know if they're that cheap there, though. I don't, I, it's I've, Ikea. I've, like, what are, what are their price points like? Okay, pillows and blankets and coffee mugs are cheap, but in regards to like houseware shit, you can get kind of pricey. You're going to pay $70 for a rug? Uh, Yeah. That's like cheaper than most rugs. Ooh, I'm gonna resell that rug. Ooh, <laughs> shipping's gonna be like two hundred dollars though. Yeah, because it comes be like in like a twelve foot long like box. But yeah. I think overall first impressions. What do you think? It's cool. Aesthetic wise, like what he's trying to do when you look at the stuff. You think it's anything? Nothing what, groundbreaking. What we expected. You know, a lot of Virgil shit that we've been talking about. We always quoted as, eh. Like it's it's like okay, but then like, we fucking like try to get it. It's like what we yeah. expect, you know. It's like not it's nothing where we're just like, holy shit! Did you see what Virgil put out? It's more yeah. so like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, why I is, mean, why? I don't know. It's just his stuff is more low key. Like it's it's nothing. Like we talked about in the last episode, there are no original ideas. Yeah, like it's nothing groundbreaking, but I think it's 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 still cool. You yeah. know, even if it isn't like changing it changing the game in any sort of you know regard uh the reason why i think the ikea thing is cool is because he's a fucking like streetwear designer yeah doing collabs with ikea yeah like what the hell and That's the biggest so thing the biggest thing uh that ikea is doing right now is they're trying to produce furniture pieces whatever like you know how they do collections you know back to school collections whatever they're yeah. trying to do collections that are um sort of millennial driven yeah uh, so in the sense of we all care about aesthetic we all care about things looking a certain way as weird as weird as it is we care about stuff that we put in our room now yeah. uh, as we grow older yeah. um so they're putting out collections that sort of reflect that whether it's like glossy black glossy white things of very simple things basically they quote it as things that you can find in kith as like their furniture pieces mm. is what they're going to start selling at ikea um 
I never would have thought a furniture company would start to make streetwear sensible things, but that's so I'm kind of into it. Yeah, that's yeah. so tight. Like um, um, those clear shoe boxes that everybody puts their shoes in. I, they're starting I, to produce. I hate those for some reason. Why? I don't know. I just do not like those. I don't think I have enough shoes to, to need to like do all that. First of all, you guys are being extra, spending five dollars in a plastic box. Just keep your free paper cardboard but box. that's that's why they crumble because they're not oxygenized the way that you want okay, the then w- fucking throw away the box but then you can't keep them out because then there's just shoes laying all over the place <sighs> whatever man whatever. there's a purpose for the box i don't have them myself my shoes are laying all over the place but i can imagine if you have like 500 pairs you'd want to categorize them in sure, a certain way sure you wouldn't do that sure spend 2500 on Ooh, yeah, that's rough, boxes. go for it be my guest. I said just wear your shoes. Yeah, exactly. Just wear your shit. <laughs> well, then again, you can't wear 50 shoes at once unless you had 50 legs. All right, man. That's all right. Whatever. <laughs> Either way, um, I guess that's a good place to stop. We've just hit 12,000 listens. Which Are is you serious? Good. Yeah, dude. Damn. Sorry. I got logged out of the uh, cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's 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 the exit strategy right there. I'm going to give you your, uh, your going away papers. Sorry, <laughs> but uh, we're bringing Marco in now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm signing my termination papers as we speak. Ah, sorry, man. D- didn't have to tell you like this on the 37th <laughs> episode, but yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, shout out to 12,000 12, listens. We're going to have a fucking party uh, for our one year anniversary. One year anniversary. So More gonna details in, on that. Yeah, it's going to be in August, so a few months away. When's your birthday? The 15th, August 15th. Probably that weekend, I think, for Nate's birthday. It could be like a sure. joint thing. Nate will be super fucked up. Hopefully, we can get an episode out of it. Ooh, that'd be sick. Like a live episode? A live episode. At the party? Would that'd be, be sick. Tight. I don't know yeah. if people want to listen to us live like that. Yeah, probably we not. We don't have too many friends, but yeah, it's all good. True. There's going to be like five people there. It'll be us and our parents. Yeah. And just be like, oh, good job, son. Good yeah. job. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for, for listening to us every week. We appreciate it. Kind of talk shit all the time so it's good to uh have an audience for that yeah thanks yeah thanks that's uh episode 37 of the no chance podcast Uh, do you have like a really long-winded outro yeah i do actually here we go go for it go for it all right guys peace (laughs) later